Welcome to the Great Communicators podcast presented by the MIT Office of Graduate Education, a professional development podcast expressly designed to bring lessons from the field to our graduate student researchers. My name is Adam Greenfield, and in this episode, we'll hear from a language creator, his cat, and both how and why language can be used to communicate effectively with an audience. Now, when I tell people I'm a podcast producer, sometimes they look at me weird and ask, what's a podcast? And every time I stumble over my words, as if I've never been asked that question before. The question itself, though, feels weird to me. I've spent years making and listening to podcasts, so to me, talking to people who aren't familiar with it can be a challenge. But I have to. It's my job. So now what? What can I do or say to make sure I don't lose my audience? And that's where this episode's guest will help. My name is David Peterson, and I'm a professional language creator and author. And the books David has written are far from Dr. Seuss rhymes or lazy crime dramas. Well, uh, initially, Living Language Dothraki, which was a teach-yourself-guide for the Dothraki language. But most recently, The Art of Language Invention, which is an instructional book about how to create a language. David and his family live just south of downtown Los Angeles closer to Disneyland, near Anaheim. And after meeting his wife and very cute baby, David and I set up shop in one of the back rooms in his quaint ranch-style home and began our conversation. At one point, early on in the interview, one of David's cats began to playfully attack my foot. Roman, Roman, Roman. And of course, as much as we try to point out how much their actions can sometimes displease us. Roman, this behavior is not acceptable. (laughs) and also try to give them opportunities to redeem themselves. Now, Roman, this is your last chance. You understand? I'm going to put you in the bedroom. Well, they speak an entirely different language. (sighs) This is just not going to happen. Come here, my boy. Look, I'm not trying to say you'll be giving talks to an entire audience full of nothing but cats, as entertaining an image as that is. Just know that while the irreconcilable language gap between human and cat is bad for poor Roman, you don't have his problem. You're communicating with other humans, and sometimes all it takes is a slight adjustment. But first, you have to catch that you're off. A great example comes from an interview I saw with an actress from the television show Game of Thrones. Not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but for those that don't know, in the original story, in which Game of Thrones is a single book, the language David created Dothraki, is spoken by a group of people called, well, it's a Dothraki. One of the actors whose character speaks this language is Amelia Clark, and I once heard her mention in an interview that even though she doesn't know the language well, she's reached a point where she can tell if she says something wrong. In the case of Game of Thrones, it's been running for six seasons now, with a seventh season coming up, and certain of the actors have just had so many lines that they're kind of developing their own, I mean, I wouldn't say fluency in it because they don't know what they're saying, but they're developing their own ear for it. And so, absolutely, I believe it. If she can just tell that something doesn't sound right, even if she can't put her finger on exactly what's wrong, uh, she might have a better ear for it than I do at this point. Being immersed in something, whether it's a new language or scientific research, 
can eventually lead to a deep understanding or proficiency of the subject, just as Amelia Clark experienced with speaking the Dothraki language on set over and over. And this actually leads nicely into the next aspect of language and communication David and I talked about, and that's convincing any type of audience that the one communicating is an authority on the subject. And this is something I've been the most curious about regarding not just language, but the entire professional communication subject this series is focused on. First, you have to, you have to demonstrate mastery of the subject matter, which means that you know, you know all the terminology and you can use it. But uh, for people that don't know the terminology, it's just going to sound like gobbledygook. And you know, to a certain extent, they'll hopefully trust that you know what you're talking about. But it helps to be able to demonstrate exactly what you're talking about in a way that somebody can understand. And language, as we've discovered, lends itself well to that task. Language, I think, is a very, it's a very easy field to do that in. Because uh, whatever you're saying about language data, there's always the data. You, know, you can always just write down some words, pronounce them, and say this is what's happening. You know, this, this one's changing like this, using very, very simple terminology. And it's like, well, why is it changing? Well, it's changing to make it a little easier to pronounce. But during all this, you don't want to underestimate an audience's capacity to understand something. Again, you won't be talking to a room full of cats. I give talks on language creation all the time, all the time. And um, most of the time, the audience has absolutely no background in linguistics. I found that, um, and actually, I just knew this from being you know, an audience member. Uh, audiences know when you're dumbing things down, and they don't appreciate it. Uh, so the goal is to not dumb things down but to recognize the areas where things are going to be complex. Uh, so and that means both when new terminology has come up and when the concept itself is complicated. So keeping terminology and a complicated concept in mind, David uses something called the will and testament method. So in other words, uh, like with the reason we say will and testament is one has a background in English, one has a background in French. And back in, during the days of Norman French, you needed to use both so that everybody would understand what you were talking about, even though they meant the same thing. So that's why we say will and testament. Uh, so I do that too. I, I start with the, with, the, with the formal term, so that, and you know, I, I usually have it up so people can see it, so they know how it's spelled but then immediately say what it is in a simpler way and keep referring to it until I can, you know, you can gauge that everybody knows what you're talking about. But then the best thing is to follow up immediately with a concrete example. All right, so back to my original conundrum of explaining a podcast to folks who aren't familiar with them. If I follow David Peterson's advice, I want to make sure I'm not being overly simplistic and underestimating an audience's ability to understand something. But at the same time, I need to be aware if I'm losing my audience, human or feline, and make adjustments. That adjustment can be as simple as using another word that says the same thing, or 
the will and testament method. So thanks for listening to the Great Communicators podcast brought to you by the MIT Office of Graduate Education. My name is Adam Greenfield, and feel free to talk amongst yourselves. This podcast was written and produced by Adam Greenfield. The executive producer of this podcast is Patrick Yurick. The Great Communicators Podcast. The Great Communicators Podcast, Grad Comics Live, Grad Comics The Game, and the Technically Speaking Comic Book Series are part of a professional development initiative called GradX. GradX is, Grad made, X is made possible by the Office of Graduate Education at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. To find out more about find Grad out X, more about GradX, as well as get access to other episodes of the Great Communicators podcast, go to gradx.mit.edu. For more information, for more information and links on the music used in this episode, please see the show notes.